You have found the Run Around Iowa, the podcast that's dedicated to news and interviews with the athletes, coaches, and personalities who are making headlines in college cross country, track and field, road running, trail running, and triathlon in the state of Iowa. And now from the home office in Clive, here is your host, Lance Bergeson. Hello, everyone. The Runaround Podcast isn't dead at all. This is proof of that. I know this is my, I was looking back, this is my first podcast in the month of April, but um, uh, here I am. And uh, I've got a lot of uh, news to report here from the world of running. And later on this show, I will have former Iowa State All Big 12 runner and former Waverly Shell Rock star. Abby Caldwell, she'll be on to talk about Iowa State's performance at um, <laughs> in several California meets over the weekend, um, and to talk about so much other stuff as well. Um, some interesting uh, conversations we have about um, what she thinks about her legacy. Um, she kind of talks about that a little bit, and... Um, as some of the current cyclones move up on the uh, on, in the history books, chasing her down, um, such as her 3,000 steeplechase record. So a lot to get to, uh, but it's a very newsy, newsy time uh, that has taken place in the last three weeks since my last podcast, which was with former Mount Mercy star uh, Annie Ertz. That was a very good one, uh, well-received. Um, uh, she, she was just a, a tremendous young lady to interview and wish her the best. That came out at the end of March, March 31st. So this is the first one. And like I said, a lot of news to get to and let's jump into it. And I'm starting with the news that Wesley Kepto of Iowa State, the NCAA indoor champion at 5,000 meters, a year ago turned pro on Friday right before he was to compete at, um, well, he was at the uh, Mount Sac uh, Relays um, in a tremendous 5,000 meters. Um, as his first pro race, but uh, earlier in the day, he announced that he's turned pro with the Hoka Naz Elite team. He sent out a press release on on that. And Wesley, um, foregoing his final season of eligibility, um, says it's, uh, well, it's been a dream come true for him since he started running. He said in the press release, getting this opportunity from Hoka Naz Elite gives me a chance to continue my running career so excited to become a member of the team and to be a full-time professional athlete. Um, the thing about Wesley is he's married and has two kids. So um, so he's not just thinking about himself here in turning pro. He's He's got a wife, Maribel, and two children, Natalia and Santos. So, um, so for uh, Kipto... Um, seemed to make sense um, to uh, make the move to the team in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, and um, and really, with his career, um, the indoor season not going very well the way he wanted it to, um, if he hasn't a bad outdoor season, um, could be a, um, <laughs> you know, he might not be able to get as many opportunities as he did. And he's joining a team that... Um, that does have uh, fellow um, Kenyan Alafine Tulimac, 
um, as, as one of their members. And um, by the way, Hoka also sponsors um, Hillary Bohr, former Iowa State runner as well. So I think that had a bit of something to do with him going to the NAS Elite team, Northern Arizona. Um, uh, the, the press release was interesting because they feel like uh, the signing of Kipto is the beginning of, the f- of a new phase of, of their uh, training program. Um, they uh, have been heavily um, marathon-based during their whole uh, eight years of existence, um, according to head coach Ben Rosario. He said, as we look toward 2024 and even 2028, signing athletes like Wesley, who can compete at a world-class level on the track and on the roads, is part of what we see as an expansion of our program, an expansion that goes well beyond our results on the field of play. Um, so what they're, what they're kind of concentrate more is on, uh, shorter road racing and the track and field events. So you're going to see them a lot more, um, at these, uh, at these big track meets. And they're also rebranding with uh, new team colors and, and a new logo as well. So, so, uh, they're, they're really changing things up. Um, as I mentioned, you got Tutuliamak, who was the um, uh, Tokyo Olympian. Alephine, uh, they've also been uh, known for having Stephanie Bruce and Kellen Taylor, top American marathoners, and Stephanie Bruce is in her final year of competition. She just ran Boston the other day. So they're they're really changing things up, going to more uh, shorter road racing, uh, trying to uh, get their name in there and and to be competitive in that uh, realm, and more so than that than uh, than the, than the marathons. So we'll see how that all shakes out with this team. And it begs the question: um, Where does Wesley stand um, as far as his career at Iowa State? It's hard to say that there's been anybody better than Wesley in his career. When you look at his final, <laughs> his final uh, uh, resume that he's had in Ames, um, as I mentioned, he's the indoor 5,000 champion um, in 2021, so he won a national title. Um, he also holds Iowa State records in the indoor 3,000 and the 5,000, the outdoor 10,000, and the steeplechase. He's a seven-time All-American um, in cross-country and track and field, seven-time Big Ten, or excuse me, Big Twelve champion. Um, and you look at what he's run for his career: seven forty-three for three thousand, thirteen fourteen for five thousand, twenty-seven thirty-seven for ten thousand. And yes, he's in an era of the of the great shoe technology that has definitely helped everybody. Um, but nevertheless, you'd have to say Wesley, with all of his accomplishments, including that incredible Big 12 outdoors where he, he swept all the three of the longest distance races um, in an incredible weekend in Kansas, he has to go down as, as, as the best distance runner in Iowa State history, um, not just for all those... Um, all those times and accomplishments, but also because he came close to winning several other national championships, came up uh, just short in, in two cross-country meets uh, the last two seasons. 
um, uh, many, many other uh, contending times. So, yeah, I'd say uh, Wesley um, can uh, safely be put on the Mount Rushmore of Iowa State distance running. Um, I'd say he's probably the face of Washington. If you're going to look at somebody on that Mount Rushmore, you'd have to put him right up there as far as distance running at Iowa State. And um, and as I mentioned, he um, turned pro on Friday night, had a great battle in that 5,000 at Mount St. Mount Sac, and um, a great battle um, with Mia Sambasa, uh, former Sioux City North and runner, and uh, Air Force's Sam Gilman uh, for the win of that uh, event. Ultimately, it was Gilman who won in 1333, Sambasa, Who's a reigning USA running circuit champion? Um, also ran 1333.56. He was 0.3 uh, behind Gilman. And then Kipto runs 1334.93. So a really good race in his first <clears throat> uh, race as a NAS elite athlete. You gotta, you gotta think that um, turning pro definitely motivated him. Uh, he wanted to do well for his team. And he certainly did that um, out at Mount Sac. Another great race at Mount Sac College on Friday night east of Los Angeles was the return of Carisha Schweizer back to competition. She was in the 5,000 elite race late Friday night and um, in her return to racing since having uh, surgery on her Achilles in October. Schweizer uh, came back and took the victory in the race in 1502.77 to top Emily Enfeld and a, and a stellar group of pros by three seconds. So for the Bowerman Track uh, Club athlete, it was a it was a tremendous return to racing. And Schweizer wrote, "It's all smiles for the first one back." Uh, happy to be back racing healthy again. Today was all about getting back to competing and feeling like myself again. Excited to take the win, but ready to get back to work. Um, she did put out on Instagram in November that um, she did have the Achilles surgery. This was about four weeks after the after the actual uh, surgery. But uh, I want to take you back to what she said back then um, during that post on Instagram. This past year has been a challenging one, she said. I was dealing with some Achilles pain, which is something I've never had to deal with before, and it came up at a relatively inopportune time. I'm still pleased with every performance I had this spring-summer. We can't say that I was running 100% healthy. The pain I had in the spring was something I was hoping to go away with rehab and rest. But after my break on the comeback, I could still feel the pain. So this was, um, this was um, going into the spring. Going, this was going into the Olympics. That's what she's talking about. And she says, after consulting with my coaches and PT, we decided it was best to take a tiny step back in order to get back to 100%. So that's why she had the surgery, and she says, I've been very lucky to have never had an injury that has sidelined me in my career. I'm fortunate that this surgery was minimally invasive. And she added, the recovery process is going well. So the surgery on the Achilles was a quick recovery um, as, as Achilles uh, injuries go. 
I, I, I know all about, about that. I've got uh, recurring Achilles problems every day, and I have to stretch it all the time uh, to get that to, to uh, work. So if you've ever had Achilles injuries, it's not a good one. But for her, fortunately, like you said, the, the surgery was minimally invasive and uh, in a quick recovery. It wasn't a, a t- torn Achilles or anything like that. So she was all excited about uh, uh, ready to, to uh, race last weekend. And she uh, came back, and uh, that's an impressive uh, opener. <laughs> Just over 15 minutes for 5,000. That's a good start for her. So uh, looking forward to seeing how she progresses during the rest of the outdoor track season as we head toward the USA Championships and the World Championships at Eugene, Oregon, right in her backyard. Because as we know... Um, Carissa is a resident of Portland, Oregon now with that Bowerman Track Club team. Um, there was some news actually that came out today as I'm as I'm taping this on the 20th of April. And it is that Morningside has a new coach at Morningside Track and Field and Cross Country. They named uh, Frank Wallace as their new coach and he... Um, comes back to Sioux City, uh, where he competed at Briarcliff University, rival uh, Chargers, uh, where he earned a degree in sports management, a bachelor of bachelor degree there. Um, he was a sprinter in the 55, 60 meters, 100 meters, uh, dash, all those. Um, um, he was a uh, second-time All-American uh, running for Briarcliff. And um, he's been an assistant at uh, Southwest Minnesota State in Division II. He's been at Coe College in Cedar Rapids and um, and Wayland Baptist University. That's his last coaching gig. That's where he's at currently. So he's been an assistant there where um, he picked up a master's in physical education. He actually did that at Southwest Minnesota State in 2017. So he's been assistant coach of the year four times by the U.S. Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association. So um, he said in the press release <clears throat> by Morningside, I'm highly anticipative of all four programs potential at Morningside. Having been in the Sioux City area during my undergraduate college collegiate career, I know what kind of standards the Mustangs cross country and track and field has held. I look forward to adding to that rich tradition in my new role. And um, the athletic director said, uh, we're glad to have an individual with Frank's impressive background leading our programs. And that um, that was uh, Jim Sykes, the Morningside Director of Athletics, one of two um, coaching staff hires that uh, Morningside made on this day. And he takes over for Dave Nash, who's been... Um, well, this is his 19th season as head coach of the Mustangs. Um, Nash is uh, himself a really good distance runner. Um, I saw something where um, he was, uh, where he actually broke 
uh, for, for the mile, um, 40 straight years of running under six minutes for the mile. Um, but, but even more than that, he was the Masters Male Athlete of the Year by USA Track and Field in 2003. Also was the uh, 2005 USATF Outdoor National Champion in the 1500s, 1500 meters and 800 meters in the 35 to 39 age division. Um, and, uh, where he also broke the record for the 800 meters running, uh, ridiculous 154.91 time there. So he's, um, he was, uh, been at Morningside, um, most of his career. He was a 1990 Morningside grad. Um, and, um, he also coached at Sioux City West before then. Um, and um, went to college at South Dakota. Um, but he was the GPAC Women's Cross Country, the coach of the year in 2016 with the Mustangs after guiding them, the Mustang women, to their first ever uh, Great Plains Athletic Conference Championship. Um, he was the men's cross country coach of the year in the GPAC after leading the Morningside men to their first GPAC championship and a 12th place finish at NAIA Nationals. Um, and he's been uh, men's coach of the year uh, two straight years, actually, as they repeated uh, for those uh, both of those years, uh, following that up in 2013 and 14. And he also uh, won coach of the year in 2009 in the GPAC as well and leading them to their first um, appearance at NAIA Nationals in cross-country. So he's had some great, um, well, he's, he's had some great success there. Um, three times they um, made appearances at NAIA Cross-Country Nationals in 2009 to 11 with the women, and the men made four straight NAIA National appearances from 2012 to 2015. So those are some of what he's done um, at Morningside. So that's who um, uh, Frank Wallace will be taking over as the head track and field and cross-country coach at Morningside. And my final bit of news is that run blaze has a new uh, athlete on their team, and it's a, a, a pretty a formidable runner. Uh, it's Alec Baldwin, former Spirit Lake high runner. He also competed for Black Hill State. That's where he ended up in college. Six-time Division II All-American. And um, he has, Alec, uh, qualified for the 2020 uh, U.S. Olympic Marathon Trials with a 218.33. He's run 106.44 for the half. Um, And uh, he also... Owns an 8K time of 24 minutes from the Shamrock Shuffle from this year. So um, he's quite a good runner. And he's picked up a couple victories here recently. Um, He won the 1500 at the Sioux City Relays uh, a week ago. And then last weekend, um, he also won the same event, the 1500, at the Jim Duncan Invitational at Drake Stadium. So Alec Baldwin is a good pickup for Run Ablaze, and he's in Clive, he <laughs> Des Moines suburb. That's where he resides. You can find him. 
working at uh, working at fitness sports uh, a good bit of the time. So uh, Alec is now a run a blaze athlete. They've also added um, Josh Evans, who um, who was uh, second in that Jim Duncan fifteen hundred over the weekend. Josh is a former Linmar great. Um, had a great prep career at Linmar. Um, before he ended up at the Colorado School of Mines uh, for his college career. And he's back at Ankeny now. And he's another run-a-blaze athlete there, uh, wearing the orange for them. And uh, this weekend, um, if you want to get in a good race, you got the Drake Relays uh, Road Races. And um, run-a-blaze is sponsoring that 10K event where they're having a team event, um, handing out some, some good money there. Uh, for that team competition, but um, yeah, they've got uh, a half marathon, 10K, and 5K all this weekend heading into, that's the start of the big Drake Relays weekend. Well, what about Bob? What about Bob? And that sound bite means that it's time to talk track and field, and our Iowa State correspondent to my podcast Welcome in, formerly former Waverly Show Rock star and all Big 12 athlete, Abby Caldwell. Hello, Abby. Hi. How was your Easter? Was it good? It was good. It was good. It was away from home. I stayed in Colorado, so it was different, but it was good. It was nice weather, and yeah. When's the next time you're getting back to Iowa? Um, I don't have any plans to go home yet. I think my parents might make the trip out here, though like in early June or something. And actually, um, I don't know if you remember Evelyn Gay. Um, Yeah, she's Canadian. Yep, she actually is going to come visit me in in mid-June. So I'm really excited to see her. I haven't seen her since we, like, graduated together, like, my first time graduating. But we were roommates all four years, which, fun fact. So, yeah. Is she back in Canada? Or she uh, yep. She's she in there? she's in Canada. She just she just got placed for med school. Actually, she's gonna be a resident at for Family Med in some mm. town in Canada. So that's exciting for her. Okay. Yeah, great. That's that's mm. good to hear. On uh, uh, one other cyclone, who's ex cyclone now, who's doing well. Let's talk about him. Uh, the Banguriak Express has turned pro. Uh, Wesley Kipto announced it officially on Friday. But if you're following him on Instagram, you kind of knew something was up because a couple weeks ago he put out uh, a post that um, said, uh, let your heart be your compass and he's traveling. So um, so there was a little bit of hint there. Um, my two sources said that, yeah, he was he was uh, turning pro uh, that I heard of. It was just a matter of time, and he did it right before he competed uh, this weekend. So your thoughts on that? Yeah, I actually, um, I figured he would go pro at some point. I just didn't know it would be now. But I think it's probably the smart move for him. Um, I definitely think that Iowa State will miss his points in the big 12 (laughs) (laughs) obviously but yeah I think that I I was a little bit I had to do a double take when I saw it on Instagram actually I was like oh is and then at first I was like is this eligibility done and then I was like no and so I think it's it's probably really smart for him though especially because like why do you say that why do you um, say that 
Is it the timing right? Is it the time, well, best time? I think for him? that like um, I think that like so his indoor season um wasn't as good as we were expecting it to be. We, I mean, whenever we think of Wesley, we think like, oh, he's a contender for the championship, right? Sure. And yeah. so um, and he didn't really um, we didn't see that as much in the later part of indoor. And so I think that like um, whether he just had a slump or whether it's he's already peaked, it's better. It's easier to think of it in my mind. Anyways, it's easier to think of like, oh, um, Wesley just had a slump. Like he's still the like national title holder caliber, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that like it's easier to have one season that's a little off than have multiple seasons. I mean, who knows what would even happen, but I'm just saying that I think it was probably smart. But if his outdoor, yeah, continued along the same path as the indoor, yeah, his stock is going to drop a little bit. And, uh, yeah. It, it's going to hurt him. But so, so he does have a family too. I mean, there is a lot that, that to consider as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is married. I know he's got a little girl, yeah. but and I think he got married last summer or something but okay. yeah. yeah so so anyway. yeah he's, so he's got some other you know, people in the family to think about as well so yeah. that's all weighing on him um too and then he comes out and i thought he ran really well at mount sac um you know i had a good battle there with another iowan uh, via sambasa mm-hmm. uh, former sioux city north uh, uh runner and he ends up uh um third in that race in that um 5000 yeah i thought that was a pretty good performance for for his first one as the uh northern arizona elite or naz as they call him uh and and hoka now is his uh is his uh protein now yeah i thought that i i always think it's always interesting to see how um athletes will do with their first time after like a big announcement or uh like you know, like that's a huge thing to announce that like you're a sponsored athlete, you're, you've got a new coach, whatever. Um, and so it's always interesting to see like how they do, you know, cause sometimes it's like, Oh, there's so much tension on you that like you could get lost in the moment. But I thought that he did really well. Yeah, I thought so. I thought he got a little bump, uh, uh, got some improvement there from what we had seen, uh, for indoors. So, and yeah, running for a new team has to give you a little bit of a bit of a push uh, there. And he's joining a NAS team that that uh, and, and Hoka that um, Hillary Bohr is also with. He's a Hoka One One athlete as well. So there is that connection. I'm sure that probably played a little bit of a part of why he went uh, to the NAS team. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I would think, um, since there is that uh, connection there. So, well, we wish him the best of luck as, uh, like you said, uh, the Cyclones are going to take a hit, but it looks like from um, what I saw over the weekend, uh, maybe their cross country uh, team might be better than what we think. Maybe um, we had some great performances. Um, Nehemia too <laughs> almost took out the school record uh, in that 1500 at the Brian Clay just missed yeah. it. Um, record from 1994. Um, talk about him. Um, a lot of people don't know much about him, but he 
He chopped five seconds off his previous best for the 50. Yeah, I think I think he's always been a little bit in the background. Um, you know, like we don't always talk about him much, but it's like he's been in the background having really solid performances. Even last year, I remember I was like, this kid's good. Like he's very mm-hmm. consistent and everything. And like to have that breakthrough is awesome. It just takes time, you know, like um, because it's been coming, you know, we've never really like seen a horrible performance out of him. And yeah. so it's like, I think that he will be very important to like the team score at big 12s. I think that he could be in the top seven for cross country. Like, I don't know who will be on the team next year or anything, but like he's really consistent. And I think that like people he'll start coming on the radar more and more to like the outside world. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let, let's see what he does as, as we move on toward the, the Drake relays and the big 12s. A guy that we kind of, uh, I got to admit, I was wondering what was going on with him, but uh, Jason Gomez, you know, all big 12 athlete of the week last week comes back, runs a great 1500. I, I did not know that he could pull that one off, but he runs a 341, um, <laughs> drops about 13 seconds off his best, ran a great race, and then he comes back with another 148 the next day. Um, so he's really finding the form. Um, you kind of thought that it would eventually come around, uh, correct? Yeah, I think that I've said this a couple times that like I'm definitely a person that's going to give the athlete the benefit of the doubt that like there's going to be slumps. It's hard to race two like Jason has two seasons because he's not so much a cross country runner, but yeah, like three especially, but even two, it's like you can't you can't have all the seasons be breakout seasons, right? Like there's going to be ebbs and flows. And so I had a feeling that it would come around. It was just a matter of time. Like maybe his body just needed indoor to like, like rest, you know, even though he wasn't resting. Cause obviously like you don't feel like you're resting when you're struggling in races. Right. But he, I think that like, it's normal to have seasons that are just kind of blah seasons where you're just like in a rut. And so, and I think we'll see that with many, many different athletes. So just kind of depends when, you know, (laughs) when was your rut season? When did you have your, I'd say going into my, um, my first pelvic fracture I was in a rut it was like indoor my sophomore year I was in a rut and then I broke my pelvis Mm. so (laughs) yeah (laughs) bad worse (laughs) yeah (laughs) um speaking of 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 this uh, Mount Sac uh, Brian Clay uh, Long Beach um, trio of races that everybody uh, a lot of teams went to uh, now you ran at one of those meets, right? Uh, I never ran Mount Sac. I've only run no. Stanford because Stanford no, you, you and Mount Sac were always on the same. No, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I don't. Maybe I did actually run Mount Sac. Okay. I did my freshman year actually. 
Okay. Was it as big a deal as it was over the weekend? Because I haven't, I, I, you know, this was on on a level of, of, of Stanford with all of the, I mean, there was a hundred and yeah. 60 runners in these races. Uh, you know, it's become a Stanford type destination now this weekend is um, uh, out in LA. It's become a place where a lot of teams want to get a fast time because they know the competition's there. It wasn't like that when you were a freshman, right? I mean, I don't um, being quite like that. I don't think so. I think also just like with COVID happening and everything, I think that like all sports, but I focus on running has just become bigger. You know, there's so, I mean, it covers so many ages, so many years that it's like, it seems like everything has just gotten bigger. Everything's gotten faster. Everything's gotten more important. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, it's just, I think that's just going to happen. I think, I hope it stays like that. It's really cool to have big meets, you know? It was, yeah. I mean, you had PR set everywhere uh, by, you know, all teams out there. You had uh, uh, Iowa and Iowa State going out there. Um, Several other, you know, Drake had some runners go out there. So, you know, if you're bringing your top guys, you know, you're going to get, you know, some PRs and some times that can get you into the NCAAs. And that's what everybody's looking at now. And, and California is the epicenter now, wouldn't you say, for, for distance running? I mean, that's the where yeah. to go. People it's go not... there. I think it's because, like, the weather is so – is pretty predictable. Yeah. And it – Consistent. I mean, like, Florida and Arizona are probably a little bit too hot for distance running, even if you're running at 10 p.m. And it's, like, California, like, cools down uh, this time of year. So – I know that that when I was running, that was like the ideal place to get a PR. So. Yeah. Um, well, let's continue on with the, the track here. Sebastian Gentle gets uh, number six time in school history. He runs a really nice 800 um, coming off that. So 146.97. I know. I saw there. that. I was that like, he's getting <laughs> Um, I'm writing uh, my uh, update for the week uh, on the DMR website, and um, and I think he's uh, like seventh nationally now. So yeah, he's and he's like good. in the like top twenty five or something in the world too. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna it's pretty early in the track and fields. So yeah, but still, even just to have that. that like now, you know, yeah, just to have that, yeah. But that was a that was a phenomenal time there. Yeah. And so, um, so that's looking good for, uh, with their 800 crew, um, as we get closer to big 12, that, that, that's gotta be a, a real positive. looks like a lot of points there. Yeah. Um, so, um, uh, and we got to talk about, um, uh, Gable, uh, our, uh, our Iowan from central lion, um, he runs a really nice time, uh, moves up to number eight uh, in school history with an 843. Um, so he's right now uh, looking pretty solid to make um, uh, regionals. So that's that, that's a real positive for uh, Gable Seaperta. Yes. Yeah, I think um, we'll continue to see that. And he was so close last year to making the next round, like to NCAAs. And so I think that... Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he made it this year. So 
Yeah, I would think so. I think the way they, they, that he's going there. And, um, well, well, we'll keep on with the steeplechase here. And uh, uh, Jeanette Schraft is, is kind of, you know, she's moving up the charts. She's coming after you here uh, in the school record books. Um, she's got the top time in the Big 12. She ran really well. The Glenwood uh, product really, really ran well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she should. She should run fast. She should. Yeah. She should. I mean, if if you can stay healthy for more for two years in a row, you have an advantage over most people. So, like, she's been able to stay. This is her third year staying healthy. Like, she should run faster than me. She should run faster than mm-hmm. Kelly Nauman. She she should break ten before she's done. You oh, know. Yeah. So it's no surprise. And people are just running faster. There are faster shoes. There are faster people that you get to run with. So it would be no surprise, you know? These super meets are like we yeah, said. And like expectations quite, quite just change throughout the years, you know? Like my freshman year when I ran, I ran 10, 19 my freshman year. And um, like my second time running it in my life, I ran 10, 19 got the school record well if the record was still 10 19 there would be something wrong right i think the record's now yeah. 10 3 well that's been four years like we should be improving those marks you know absolutely yeah well like you said the the the, the shoe technology alone is, is gonna help you a few seconds there um, yeah that alone will Oh, the reason I said earlier about, uh, you know, the men's distance running uh, looking pretty good for the fall is guys like Chad Johnson. He comes through with a monster 5,000, 1334. Ezekiel Robb runs 1336. These are all really good times. Um, number six and number seven all time for Iowa State history now in the 5,000. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of people that I saw this weekend that we haven't really heard much about, or I didn't know like where they'd be running, where they'd fit in on the team, where they'd get points for the team that like really showed up, which I think is really cool. Especially like from the, because I don't know the men's team as well. And I feel like there's so many new faces that like you didn't know where they'd fit in or like even those two freshmen that ran the 1500, I think on the women's side that got PR. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's really cool to see people that you weren't expecting to do well. I mean, like we always, we always expect, we expect Gable, we expect Jeanette, we expect Kaylee and Thomas, like those, like the people that we know, but then you see someone that you're like, I don't know how they're going to fit in. I don't know where they're going to be. Like even Jason, like we, we knew, we know that he's good, but then to see him have a breakout race, it's like, okay, like, cool. He fits in this place. It's like fun when the puzzle pieces start to come together. Yeah. Yeah, and they are. I mean, you've lost your your your, your biggest puzzle piece on the men's side with you know, Wesley turning pro, but but you do have a lot of other guys that you know can score points here and there when you talk about Big Twelves. But it's it's all going to be difficult anyway because we know how good Texas is after uh, in yeah North, in yeah North. we know how difficult it is. But um, yeah, I mean the women's team is taking shape with um, with Dana Fayan and and Jeanette and. And um, uh, Winrose ran really well. Uh, big PR for her, nine seconds off her uh, 5,000, running 1624. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the women's cross country team's looking pretty good in the fall. Yeah, I don't know if Winrose has any more eligibility, does she? Mm, 
I, I'm not sure. I don't know with COVID. I don't know. I have no idea with COVID anymore. Yeah. But we'll see. So. She might have that extra year that she could use. Yeah. And also, like, I think there's I think there's some things that will come out soon, too, that will, like, totally change our um, – will change a lot of the way we think about how we're going to do in cross-country and – indoor and outdoor and everything so it'll mm. be exciting uh what are you what are you specifically talking about here <laughs> i don't know eligibility stuff like who has what but i know that, like there's been some things in the works with some people that like um like deciding like wesley going pro like totally changed like what what our outdoor season right and yeah. like no. but it'll be interesting to see who stays. I know there's some things I don't think I'm allowed to say because I, it hasn't been announced or anything, but like there may be people that are like leaving or staying. Yeah. Cause you, you always have that transfer portal. I mean, it's, uh, it's really hot right now in the transfer. Yeah. I mean, everybody's, um, Iowa state basketball fans know that as well. They lost their point guard yesterday. So, um, so yeah, it's, yeah, the, the, the this, the ability to transfer and to, and to make uh, money off yourself on the NIL is, is something that's it's completely changed college athletics and yeah go somewhere else and uh, it's not what you had when you were running right right so you're like eh, nothing like that yeah how's your running going um it's good. I mean, it's it's busy here. I wake up at five every morning to get my run in, and I work mm. like ten hour days, so it's been a little bit crazy, but it's been good. It's been good. Okay. And you can't beat the Colorado weather, so what do you? <laughs> yeah. It's great out there, so mm-hmm. a little bit envious. So, <laughs> All right. well, we'll catch you again um, after after the Drake relays. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. Before I wrap this up, I did want to remind you all all about my uh, distance running and triathlon blog that appears at DesMoinesRegister.com. The keywords to look for when you're searching for it are mileposts. That is the name of the blog, and you can find all of the top performers from last weekend. And it was a massive number of athletes who competed at the Mount Sac Relays, Brian Clay Invitational, Beach Invitational, Boston Marathon. I've got uh, the BAA 5K. I've got uh, all of those results, the Jim Duncan Invitational, uh, so much other stuff as well. So um, that's the place to look for for results from the Springs track and road racing Uh, taking place involving Iowans and Iowa Collegians. I do have a podcast that is coming out on Monday, and it is uh, Ben Cahoon from the uh, Pink Gorilla Events Group out of the Omaha area. They're the ones who put on Market to Market Relay, and that event is coming back Mother's Day Saturday for the first time in three years. They uh, had a virtual event in 2020 at the start of the pandemic. 
And then um, last year they scrapped it all together. So uh, that event is coming back to Iowa for the first time in three years as they make teams make the journey from Jefferson to Des Moines. It is a blast. It's uh, an event that I encourage everybody to do to sign up for. And I'll be talking to Ben to see what it's been like uh, running, <laughs> uh, doing races during the pandemic when it's been so many rules and all sorts of things, uh, getting that done, uh, talking to him all about um, road race management and, um, of course, specifically market-to-market relay. So that will can be coming out on Monday. Hopefully you will listen to that. Um, until then, happy running, everyone.